Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you as always. If you keep a track at home, this is episode 45 coming at you. Uh, I like to call it the old Michael Jordan episode because 45 was what he wore when he was with the Wizards when he was old. Uh, so I want to welcome in my co-host, Jolan Bioka. Jolan, welcome. What's going on, bro? Uh, I'm going to go with Bob Gibson here, Hall of Famer, um, all-century team, all that good stuff, no-hitter in 71, World Series MVP. I'm sticking with Bob Gibson. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Bob Gibson, but, uh, you know, again, listen, this is episode 45. It's a very special one, Jolan. A year ago today, we recorded our first episode, uh, released it a day later, but it's a very special day. We made it a year we made a 45 episodes. Here we are chugging along. At first, we thought this would be an every occasion type podcast. Became very much a weekly podcast over the year. Uh, and it's really developed into its own, you know, kind of thing. We just started, you know, kind of spitballing when we were first doing it. We were doing it out on decks. Now we're doing it in a professional studio. Now we got segments. Now we're rolling. And uh, what do you say we get episode 45 kicked off? That's awesome, bro. Awesome introduction. Let's get it rolling. Yeah, so let let's talk let's talk a little bit of the NFL. Speaking of kickoffs, uh, and and you go well, we're not going to talk about kick returners, but uh, we are going to talk about wide receivers. We did have Julian Edelman announce his retirement. Uh, is I believe he's second all time in postseason receiving yards. Great guy, again, one of those guys, better person than he was player. Um, and that's not a knock on his playing career. That's just that's how you know that's what he meant to that franchise, to that community. Uh, we wish him all the best. He won, I believe, three titles with New England, including that infamous catch uh, against the Atlanta Falcons in that big 28-3 comeback. But, uh, Jolan, there's been a lot of talk, and I hate when this happens, uh, especially with a fringe Hall of Fame type guy. Uh, it, it's it's not fair because the first thing that came out of New England was, oh, congratulations, Julian Edelman, on your retirement. We'll see you in the Hall of Fame. And that's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Julian Edelman is not a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. He would. You want to put him in the Patriots Hall of Fame? I'm down with that. I'm cool with that. You probably should. But if we're talking the real Hall of Fame here, again, you look at his and Heinz Ward splits. Uh, it's it's not even close. Heinz uh, Ward has them by about every stat. And you know, again, I, I hear the name Eli Manning come up. And and here's the thing. Again, you look at him and Edelman. Both guys performed when it matters the most. Eli had the stats to back it up in terms of he's top 10, I believe, in touchdowns and yards all time in the NFL. So he's got that to back him up. At a certain point, stats matter. You know, at a certain point, you have to have those stats accumulated uh, in order to reach the Hall of Fame. Again, he was that important to New England, but I don't think he was that important to the NFL game uh, that he's going to end up being a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and to just go over the numbers for Julian Edelman, he only has 620 grabs and 36 touchdowns, regular season touchdowns, um, over his career. And that's not eye-popping. He has no uh, seasons with over eight touchdowns. His max is seven. I mean, when you look at his overall body of work in the regular season, not including playoffs, because honestly, that's situational. Some players get the chance to pop off, some players don't. But when you look at his body of work during the regular season, nothing screams outstanding player, Hall of Fame player to me. Right, and the concern, I mean, listen, he got 100 playoff games, I'm sure, somewhere. 15. So, that's it? He only got 15 playoff games? Yeah, well, think about it. He did, what, a bunch of four-year runs? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's fair. It seems like a lot more. But, you know, the other thing, too, is like, listen, if he if he does 
end up getting into the Hall of Fame, which again, I don't believe he should. If he does, it's another thing we have to put on Tom Brady's resume is he got Julian Edelman to the Hall of Fame. It's that simple. Can we be honest? I don't think anybody that votes for the Hall is putting him in. I, I think right now it's just discussion because he is an honored player and he should have his jersey retired with the Patriots and all this stuff. But at the same token, in the league, he's just a blimp in the mark. Right, and it, and it's different too. And When you talk like a guy like Heinz Ward, he can't even make the finalist list for the Hall of Fame. Like he, it's not even that he doesn't get voted in. He doesn't even make the finalist list. Which I like, think he is a Hall of Famer, right? And, and again, he's a fringe guy, very fringe guy. It's it, it's a big discussion, and I'm sure there's arguments either way. But if he can't make the finals, neither should Edelman. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. That's been uh, pretty consistent over the course of uh, of these few days since his announcement. Again, we wish him all the best in his retirement. Uh, a guy that was beat up with a lot of different injuries. Uh, and you know you you wish you wish him the best, but again, if Tom, if he gets the Hall of Fame, he uh, his presenter better be Tom Brady. I mean, what he made an eleven year career and he was a college quarterback. Yeah, he made an eleven year career at receiver. I mean, that's impressive alone. It's crazy, and we got a lot of guys, Joel, on in the next two weeks uh, that are looking to make that dream become a reality as we head into the NFL draft. Just a mere two weeks away, a little under, you know, depending on when some of you listen to this podcast. But it, it's going to be great, Joel, on next week. We're getting a full, just like we did last, almost a year ago, we're going to do a full mock draft. little preview. Do you got any sleepers? Anybody you any like early? Any sleepers. Any receiver um, you like ahead of somebody that the analysts are saying? Anything mm, like that? You know, not really. I think I think Patrick Sertain, the corner out of Alabama, goes sooner than I think a lot of people are projecting. I've seen... I've seen I've even seen projections with him mid first round. I don't think so. I think he could go as high as uh eight to uh he could go as high as seven to Detroit, likely go uh likely go eight to Carolina and probably go nine to Denver if they pass on him too. Ten to Dallas makes sense too. Right, and that makes a lot of sense, although Jerry's infatuated with Kyle Pitts, uh, even though I don't think he gets there. Um, but again, we're going to do a lot of research here over the next week. Next week, again, we don't know. We may or may not have somebody in here. That is to be determined. But regardless, we're going to be in here with our notebooks, our stacked papers all the way to the sky, doing all these reports, and uh, we're we're going to get ready for the NFL draft. Another question about the draft. We could get into this way more next week. Little little icing on the cake right here. I like do icing. You be- do you believe Zach Wilson has potential to be hyped up too much to miss Trubisky territory? I do okay. So I'm going to take the first part of that question. Do I believe he has potential? Yes. Now the problem is the organization he's going to. He is going to New York Jets after all. Let's let's be completely honest. Their history of quarterbacks outside of Chad Pennington and and he's the, not, uh... and the two years of Mark Sanchez that was not really Mark Sanchez. It was more the run game and the defense. But he made situational throws. I'll give him credit there. Outside of those two blimp moments in history and when they won the Super Bowl back in 1969 <laughs> before we were even ever thought of, we live our we live our life almost two? three times over, uh, Super Bowl three, And uh, outside of that, you know, the Jets don't have success at quarterback. It's just, it, unfortunately, it's, it's written on the wall. Now, does a Mormon come into town, maybe change the rules a little bit? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. It could. But, uh, you know, I know Jet fans are excited and, you know, again, rightfully so in terms of the position they're in, they have to execute now. And if they execute, they could be a good team here in, in the near future. It doesn't necessarily have to be a five, six, seven year project. Uh, so he has potential. Does he have potential to flop like Trubisky? 
absolutely. Um, the number two pick is cursed. Mariota, he, but I, but I will, Griffin. I will tell you, he will not get the leash that Mitch Trubisky got. We saw Chicago believed in Mitch Trubisky all the way to the end of his fourth year of his contract. And even then, they, they still thought about bringing him back before they eventually let him go. Um, you know, so, but in New York, no shot. Yeah. If he doesn't perform in year one and a half, they're already talking about his replacement. Because there's no good quarterback next year. They can't do what they, they can't do what Kingsbury did uh, to, uh, uh, Cliff Kingsbury did to uh, Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. You know, because there's no great quarterback next Which year. Backdooring for Kyler Murray, right? After taking him in the first round. Of first so, year. but again, if he doesn't perform the year after that, yeah, I mean, especially in New York, you're gonna be looking at a change. They did the same thing with Daniel Jones. Now, the Giants won't pull the trigger because the Giants don't have Huevos big enough to do that. But, uh, <laughs> but they, you know, they, there were discussions about it. I mean, when you also look at Daniel Jones, he's shown you enough that he hasn't had the talent around him yet to say, okay, this isn't our guy. Listen, he hasn't shown me enough, but uh, it he might, this, with weapons. That's what this is this is a put up or shut up year. I think we talked about it a little bit on the last pod. This is put up or shut up time for Daniel Jones. He's got to be great this year. He's got to throw for four thousand yards. I think I think it's got to be at least hundred minimum. I think it's at least thirty five hundred. I'll give him that uh, because I know. Yeah, but you got to remember they have Saquon Barkley. They want to feed him the ball a little bit. True. If he so gets I'm a thousand and he gets, uh, if Saquon gets a thousand on the ground and Daniel Jones is thirty five hundred in the air, I will be happy. Right. So I'd say thirty five hundred minimum, and I think he's got to have at least at least twenty five touchdowns this year, and he's got to be below twelve picks. He's got to be turnovers. Twelve. Tr- oh yeah. Well, listen, I, I didn't even get to the fumbles yet because. <laughs> I know those are coming. Uh, he's got stability at left tackle. Andrew Thomas was not great last year, but he was good enough. Okay, he's not going to get blindsided all the time. He might get hit from his right side, but he's not. Gonna, he shouldn't be blindsided. So he's got to protect the football, and he's got to play great. Otherwise, he's gone. I'm, ta- I'm telling you right now. That's just the New York media. That's the New York way. I didn't like it when he came in, and I'm not 100% sold on him right now until he shows me that big year that he can have. Now again, does Jason Garrett limit him on offense? Probably. You know, I I never thought Garrett was a great offensive mind, but we'll see this year. It's a it is a very put up or shut up type year. Well, it's especially a put up or shut up year because now all he has to be is a game manager and not a team right? offensive general, basically. Because the past couple of years he's had to carry this team, especially with Saquon being hurt, through the depths. And now if he can't manage a game to our or the fans and the ownership's expectations, it's first trip ticket out. Yeah, and, and and you gotta be. I you know I would imagine Jason Garrett. You know he doesn't have the same personnel, but he's got to be calling a guy like Kyle Stefanski uh, over there in Cleveland, like trying to figure out a way to cater his offense to his quarterback so that he doesn't have to sling the ball forty times a game. You know I don't think that's Jones's game. You know, but again, can Saquon stay healthy? That's another question mark. Can this offensive line will they improve it through the draft? Obviously, answer, answers that'll come next week. But uh, it, it is a big year for the G-Men. Another question about the draft. Obviously, we will get into this more. Who do you like more? San Fran obviously takes the boatload, trades up. We actually talked about that last week with Moltner. Do you think it's Mac Jones? I do not believe the hype. Yeah, I honestly, it seems like Mac Jones is more and more becoming the smokescreen. I think Justin Fields is the pick here. I don't think you trade three first-round picks for Mac Jones. Uh, I don't think you would have to go all the way to number three to get Mac Jones. I think you could have stayed put and uh, and, and traded up maybe, what, to eight uh, with Carolina and given up a lot less to get a guy like Mac Jones. I think three first-round picks, 
that screams Justin Fields to me. The questions around Justin Fields to me just don't make a lot of sense. Now, Dan Orlovsky of ESPN does a fantastic job in depth explaining the quarterback position, going through reads, progressions, what he's supposed to be looking at, what he's actually looking at, how his shoulders move, how his feet move. It's unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, you're missing out on a lot. NFL vet. Right. Uh, right. And a UConn vet, actually, and, and grew up in Connecticut. So uh, it, he does a great job. The The whole criticism of Fields, just ne- it never makes a lot of sense. It, it seems like a lazy tactic. Because, uh, again, like this whole, like, he can't get past his first progression. Guys, do, do you know how many times in college your first progression's open? You know, like, again, and if he's open, you're not going to say, well, listen, X, Y, and Z draft scout thinks I should look at my second read instead of my first read who's wide open for a touchdown. Like, it's just not, that's not how it works. Not even that. There's a lot of videotape, a lot of videotape of him checking away from the first receiver, even the second receiver, third, hitting his fifth option out of the backfield, and then boom, it's first down, they just got 20 yards. Right, and he's got the mobility to move around, he can make some plays with his feet. I, I liked I liked the guy. I know that sounded like a little bit like Mel Kuyper right there, but I I really do like Justin Fields over Mac Jones in this spot. Uh, I uh, see I see Mac Jones, I see his comp being a guy like Kirk Cousins, wow, which good, which which speaks volumes as a game manager type. And Kirk Cousins isn't bad by any means. No, I mean the dude's making bank. Of Justin Fields and guys like that. You you see the window opening, maybe a Russell Wilson situation, and to right. have that in San Francisco. With the offense and the weapons they do and the run game they do and the defense they have, that could be Super Bowls for years to come. And George Kittle being your number one option yeah. when you come into the league. Tight I end. like Debo and Ayuk more than most. I See, you know, but it, it's just that tight end. They run shorter routes. They're they, they're usually your safety blanket if you get in trouble, which you will as a rookie quarterback. It's just going to happen. And honestly, they got, a, they got probably the best left tackle in football over at Trent Williams. They just paid him the entire San Francisco bank uh, to protect whoever's going to play quarterback. Uh, and obviously, if you draft a quarterback at three, they're going to play. This is not like a Jimmy G's going to play the whole year. It, it, whoever's drafted at three is going to play. I would definitely, all you betters out there, San Francisco could be a favorite to win a Super Bowl if they get Justin Fields because of the simple fact that rookie contracts, and for quarterbacks especially, the window is open for them to sign a bunch of other players to win the Super Bowl. Happened with Pat Mahomes. Happens with a bunch of these guys. Russell Wilson. The window's now for San Francisco to win the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah. I mean, no no, no doubt. They got to go get it. Uh, and, again, they can even get him some more weapons and stuff like that. So, uh, I would expect this is – It's going to be fun. It, it's got to be. It's got to be, to me, Justin Fields. Like I said, you just don't trade three first-round picks for Mac Jones. That I don't know what in his college tape you watched to be like, yeah, this guy's worth three first-round picks. But, uh, you know, he and again... a boatload of talent around him, too. You have to take that into account. I mean, so did Fields, to be fair. But, uh, and, and neither school has produced great quarterbacks. What I like about Fields, though, is he has been this recruit. He's um, our age, I think, 2016. Number oh, one recruit in, in high school. Goes to college. Loses that battle. Transfers. Takes over Ohio State's program, which is not a scrub program to take over. Still is the number one recruit, basically, at quarterback. He's performed throughout everything he's had in front of him. Yeah, I mean, him and the Lawrence. play who's out in front of you, and it's crazy. Him and Lawrence have been basically one and two since, I believe, high school. I think he's, yeah. I think, I think, I think, uh, I think him and La- him and Lawrence came out of high school as the one-two quarterbacks in the, in the country. Uh, and, and everybody thought up until 
Zach Wilson's pro day that that was going to be how it was heading into the NFL. I think actually um, Lawrence came out 2017 and Fields was 2016, both number ones. We could check that. That's interesting. But I'm pretty sure that's how it happened because Lawrence was a true freshman in 2017 and Fields the city year at Georgia. Right. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if he redshirted or not. Um, Regardless, either way, this is two of the top talented prospects, and now Zach Wilson's in the mix. I don't like it. You'll see my mock next week. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be very very interesting, uh, just how this all unfolds and everything kind of develops as we head into the draft. Who trades for what? You know, it, I I just I I don't I. It, Are we allowed it's very to do difficult. trades next week? Uh, we'll likely do what we did last year. Probably Which one. Let's do two. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wacky, wacky uh, first round. Yeah, literally, it's just a wacky first round. What are you looking up here? Uh, this, this apparently the Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields was the battle for the number one in the 2018 class. Wow, so they're younger than I expected. Right. So that's that's interesting, and you know, so they were just competing and competing against each other since, and I believe this says uh, the only thing that separated them was a 21 mile stretch. Along I seventy five, down down in Georgia, other. yeah. Dang. Yep, it's crazy. Oh, it's uh no no, no that that yeah that's crazy, and uh, they had a private quarterback coach who tutored both of them, and so you think that guy gets a lot of money now from kids. I mean, listen, if they hit the <laughs> NFL, he's gonna be getting a lot a lot of money, man. That's it, it's a it's a great business to be in, especially like I said, if they hit. You know, if they hit, that's that's it. Which I think both of them will. You know, I think Trevor Lawrence, Trevor yeah. Lawrence, he's supposed to be the next LeBron James of football, basically. Yeah, and but then Justin Fields' situation, how can you fail? How can fun- you fail? It was funny though. Trevor Lawrence came out this week and he he gave out this whole like talk. I don't know what sparked this whole like interview type speech thing, and uh, he was just talking about how he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. Uh, you know, he's not really like. Like I I don't think he'd be well. I don't think he's one. I think he's one of those guys. Like if he got the three concussions that we see, like that being the rule, that like he he'd retire from the NFL. I'd be willing to call it quits. Uh, and it just makes you think. Like for once, these guys didn't give us all oh, the world doubted me. Nobody has doubted Trevor Lawrence in his entire life. Uh, so he's had the golden arm for what? Yeah, ten years. Right. He he has. It's crazy. Like some of these, you get so, like some that. of these guys are like, "Yeah, I've had a chip on my shoulder since I was a little kid." True. Yet they've been the most touted person in the entire region uh, ever. You know, and they're like, "Oh, I had a chip on my shoulder." Like, what chip? Where you know? Some guys do though. You see the Josh Jacobs story and stuff like that. Well, some yeah, guys have that chip. But you're the, right. Some guys lie about the right. Chip. But some guys are also actually underappreciated. Yeah. You know, and like it actually makes sense. But a guy like if Trevor Lawrence came out yesterday and said, "Yeah, I have this mega chip on my shoulder. I've had doubters ever since I was a kid," I'd be like, "You're a liar." Yeah, that's just not true. Like we we know that's not true. Got drafted two years ago in the NFL, but. right? So you know that's just one of those things. I, I look forward to talking talking about it next week. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Do you think it turns away scouts when a guy comes out and openly says, "Oh, like I'm I'm kind of lackadaisical about football"? Well, not this year. Well. I mean, if, it, if this was a guy like Justin Fields, it would have killed his draft stock. I mean, yeah. But Trevor Lawrence has been the consensus number one pick since he won that national title against his freshman Alabama. year against Alabama when they routed them. Uh, and that's been that's been the story ever since. So I, I don't think anything was going to change that, uh, and it certainly won't now. I don't think he has what it takes to turn around Jacksonville because of the cons, but we will see. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. He's going to get to enjoy Florida, isn't he? 
Oh yeah, great place to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean you got you uh, you got to love it. You got to absolutely love it. But Jolan, let's move into the NBA. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, we it was announced this week that Michael Jordan will be the presenter of Kobe Bryant uh, into into the Hall of Fame, and uh, that's that's a really special moment. We know their special connection. We saw Michael give the speech uh, at that public service they had for Kobe, and uh, one of those things you mentioned a guy like Shaq. Uh, maybe he would give a speech like that, and I and again I think that that decision kind of gets left up to the family, uh, I would imagine, and it's just I think Kobe idolized him so much and wanted to be him so much that it it, it just seemed the fit, um, because especially since MJ's doing another one, I believe he's doing Kim Mulkey uh, into the into the Hall of Fame, he's presenting her too, so uh, he he's got a lot to do. But I know, I know he's going to find the words. He's going to be. It's going to be a special moment. It, it really is. It's going to be one of those moments we look back in twenty years and we go, "Wow, that was, that was something special and something Michael did that during his playing days he'd never do." And it's for a special dude, Kobe. Obviously, we're still mourning him a year and four, three or four months now. I mean, and his impact to the league, to the players, to the people he knew, it still resonates with them now. So Kobe deserves everything he's getting, and I see maybe. Also, a game MVP being named after him. I believe. I believe it already is. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I believe yeah, so. Yeah. So I thought that was in the works. Thought that was in the talks. But see the, the attributes and the commitment he's getting from the league after his passing is just a testament to what he's done for the league while he's alive. Yeah, and if they haven't officially changed it, I know the guys were calling it that yeah. this year. Uh, so whether they officially or not, it is the Kobe Bryant All Star Game MVP award. Uh, but you even look at it uh, at a. a LPGA event, uh, which is women's golf. Uh, uh, she chipped it in, like straight into the hole, and she yelled Kobe. You know, she's fading away. You know, with the with the shooting touch. You know, so it's just Kobe's going to stay with us forever. And and he was just such a special dude that I I you know again it just it just stunk that he was sandwiched in between the likes of Jordan and then the early stages of LeBron. I I think it kind of takes away a little bit our appreciation for the guy. Well, yeah, he was an all-time great. People yeah. refer to him as top three all-time, and you're right. To be in the middle of two careers like Jordan and LeBron can be overshadowing, but for people to still reference you as one of the greatest, obviously yeah. he did his part. And, and he had two equally great careers in two separate numbers. Those statistics, which I don't have in front of me, they completely blow me away. He is so evenly distributed between the number 8 and 24 it's unreal. But both of them are retired. Right. And uh, just, a, just a real special guy uh, in the NBA. And, and another guy that we wish well uh, is LaMarcus Aldridge, who's, who's retiring. He said he played the last his last game of his career with an irregular heartbeat. Um, obviously, that's not something you want to continue to play with. No. Uh, because I can see the stretcher being rolled out onto the court as we speak. Uh, if if he were continuing to play, so uh, good for him to walk away from the game, especially when he was in all likelihood going to win a championship well, this year. Well, yeah, with the Nets, of course, but right. people don't respect them um, Aldridge as much as they should have. Excuse me, because he has scored eighteen thousand points and grabbed nine thousand plus rebounds. You know, one of twenty five players in the history of the NBA to do that. This might be a Hall of Fame ticket. The NBA Hall of Fame is a bit easier to get into as opposed to the MLB and the NFL. I think this might be a, a Hall of Famer here. It, it's interesting. I, I, you know, he's got to have something else to go along with it uh, like to a get there. Player of the year or something. Probably. You know, I think the thing with Aldridge is five-time All-Pro. It seems like a little bit of the way 
uh, and, and people respect this guy as an all-time great, but it, kind of the way people reacted when you talk about Tim Duncan. There was just nothing ever sexy about what he did. There was just nothing ever flashy. You know, he had the turnaround post-fade LaMarcus Aldridge did. That was his move. Uh, you know, so it, it, it was never sexy. It was never great, but it was, you know, it was good. It steady. was good enough. You know, it was steady. It was consistent. And, uh, he, you know, he helped pave the way there in Portland. Uh, when Brandon Roy was there, Greg Oden was there, Dam- Damian Lillard when he first started. That you know, we're talking some names. Back then. Yeah, you know, so, but he was the constant. And then, you know, obviously he started moving around a little bit. Uh, he went to the Spurs and then I think he went to the Nets. Uh, so, but again, we wish him all the best and, and hopefully, you know, he recovers, you know, from, from, from that. Um, you know, hopefully he just continues. Yeah, it just continues to live a regular life, well, I yeah. think is what we're. Well, you can, and obviously the latest situation like this that I think of is Chris Bosh. Obviously, right. Hall of Famer, the two chips with the Heat, and then right at the end of his career, he was kind of getting slower on the court. Everyone could see the, the actual digression, and it comes out. He has a heart problem, so he was retired from basketball. Right. And it took him, I think, to the end of the season to retire. Yeah. Which is very dangerous, but still stuck it through. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of I mean, listen, these guys, these guys, the one thing you... The one thing you never question is these guys knowing their bodies. They know their bodies more than anybody, more than any doctor, more than any trainer they have. Uh, so, you know, that. They, but again, we would just wish him the best. I'm sure he'll live a normal life. He'll, he'll enjoy it. Uh, but, you know, in terms of, you know, somebody enjoying something, Alex Rodriguez bought the Timberwolves this week. Oh, oh. A-Rod, the one that you got dumped by J-Lo? A-Roy, <laughs> as I like to call him. He bought the Timberwolves. And it was sure, funny. He's a proven cheater. <laughs> and, and Anthony Edwards, the, the number one pick last year, he. He had a great. He's like, yeah, I don't even know who that guy is. He's like, I don't watch baseball. I know. I don't really care about baseball. He is not that young. Yeah, A Rod's world class. Yeah, but you got to remember the last time A Rod played, Anthony Edwards was nine years old. Yeah, but he also won what a World Series in '09. Was a batting leader in '09. Like this is not no scrub. Right, but take so so take that as Anthony Edwards is 18. The last time he saw Alex Rodriguez play a baseball game, he was nine years old. Yeah. So that's 2012. The last time I saw so, Michael Strahan play a football game was what? Was 2007. Exactly. I still remember him. Right. <laughs> All time great. Hold on. But then do the math. So that's 2012. Now go back three more years. He was six years old when Alex Rodriguez won a World Series. Okay. That's that's, fair, that's, that's fair one of those, you know. That's and, like trying to ask me if I remember the New Jersey Nets run against the Lakers. Right. Which I kind of do, but it's more pictures in my head. And especially think. if you don't follow the sport, which he admitted. He yeah. said, I don't, he's like, I don't follow, I don't watch baseball a lot. You know, so that's, I, I, I get it. it I it, guess it you know. shocks me because I'm culturally into sports. And like right. A-Rod's a megastar on so many ends. It was a, a player, announcer, now owner. Right. So. I don't know. It's it's shocking. It's, it's crazy, crazy though. Like he he goes from dating J Lo to not dating J Lo to buying the Mets with to J-Lo. buying the Mets with J Lo <laughs> to and and I just think about it to now. Not dating J-Lo. <laughs> Thank God he they didn't buy the Mets. Oh, it'd be think mess. about this. Oh, Mets owners split. Like, wait a minute, what? I'll be honest. That probably wouldn't have put a strain on their relationship. They'd probably be happily married by now. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's a very. That's a very lengthy conversation. I've also heard comments of A. Rod having pictures of himself in his home, so the guy might just be a yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on there, but but he now will own the Minnesota Timberwolves. I believe he actually will take control in twenty twenty three. 
I think is when that starts. Now, A-Rod's a baseball player, obviously. He's coming into the basketball world. Uh-oh. Do you see this team improving with A-Rod being the owner? No, I think, well, again, I think he's one of those guys there for face. You know, it's like, I, I think Mahomes has got part of the Royals. Yep. No, I, that's, like, to me, that's a face thing. But I think you know? A-Rod has some big stock in it. Big, like, nice claim. I mean, we're going to see, he's got nothing else to do. You know, his ESPN telecast is losing ratings by the day. So, like, what else is he going to do? He might as well go figure out how to run a basketball team. <laughs> like, he might as well find a way to make them good again. Can he find? Can, can he reinvent Kevin Garnett from when he was, like, 20 years old? Like, then, then they got a shot. You know, outside of that, who's coming to Minnesota? Like, I'm sorry. Like, Minnesota's a great city. I'm sure it's got, it's got Mall of America, like, all that good stuff. But basketball appeal. But basketball, right. why? But, and just in terms of, oh, it's cold. Like, people don't want to come to Jersey. It's colder in Minnesota than it is there, than yep. it is here. Like, that, I, I, I don't know how you get free agents. You're going to have to build through the draft. Well, and good you luck. obviously get celebrities to own your franchise and you save face. So well, that's, that's great. Would I rather hang out with Alex Rodriguez or hang out at Miami Beach where I can have palms waved at me and grapes you know, drop to me. Or go to LA while I'm with enjoying. all these celebrities. Right. Like, or New York City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just what I don't, I don't see how this team improves. I think it's just kind of a face thing, honestly. And it's sad. It's not, it's not sad for Timberwolves because it's obviously being money funded into them. It's sad for A-Rod. I feel like out of all the stops A-Rod's made the past year and a half, oh. from the Super Bowl dancing from J-Lo last year, all that, all that stuff. Oh, man. <laughs> it's come full circle to now owning the Timberwolves. Right. I think it's just a, it's a sad. He would have owned the Mets. That would have been like a cherry on top ending. Right. Oh, it's like he just keeps walking down the stairs. No. Nope. Like I didn't want him owning the Mets anyway. Uh, you know, I, he was a Yankee. He was a Yankee. So, True, but uh, no thanks. I'll, I'll pass on that one. I like but, Cohen. I like Condor. Yeah, so do I. Um, you know, we're we're continuing to roll here in the NBA. And, uh, Joel, and we're starting to get to the end of the season. We're within 20 games left into the season, uh, left until the postseason. Uh, still no sign of LeBron and AD, although it seems like reports are saying they'll be back within a week or two. Uh, likely together, although there have been reports LeBron's probably three more weeks away, which would be very concerning. Uh, he'd be coming back with like five games left. Uh, you know, but again, he's LeBron, so it's, I'm that. You know, it's he's one of the coming it's, back with five games left planned. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's what. That's just one of those things. Uh, they they need them back. Although they've kind of held strong in the five seed, uh, definitely better than I anticipated. I kind of thought they'd fall all the way to that seven eight range, and they'd be they'd be playing in the playing game. Well, what's unfortunate for the rest of the NBA, but beneficial to the Lakers on just basketball terms, um, Denver guard Jamal Murray suffered a torn ACL, and he's out for season. They obviously have the four seed in the West right now, so I think the Lakers. Get a couple games ahead of them sooner than later. Yeah, I mean he's their big shot maker. He's their big shot taker. Um, you know he he's definitely a guy that when that injury happened, I I was reading the tweets and stuff like that because I didn't see it live. Hurts the league. And uh, you know everybody was like, well, you know maybe we're hoping for a hyper extension. I watched the play and I said that's that's a torn ACL. Yep. Like that's just you could see it. You could see the wiggle in the knee. That that was a torn ACL to the max. Um, they're a game. They're a game ahead of the Lakers right now. Uh, again, when they get LeBron and AD back, I would imagine they would move, you know, past them. Uh, the Nuggets, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's just flip flop, home court advantage, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but if the Nuggets continue to slide, obviously that would that would create a different uh, paradigm. That's actually a good segue to who's hot and who's not right now. NBA edition. Yeah. So besides the Denver Nuggets, who are slipping with the loss of Jamal Murray. Who in the West do you think is going to slide, move up, 
How do you think this playoff's going to end? Yeah, sliding and moving up. That's it, it's it's very difficult to measure. Memphis, I could see sliding. They they just been very in. Eh. Again, nothing sexy about that team. Dallas is a team I think can get hot. Uh, they have really have Luca, and that's you know that's their team. Porzingis has been playing well. Porzingis has been playing well. Twenties, thirty and tens. I guess they got JJ Redick at the deadline, so maybe he comes in clutch down the stretch here. Maybe they make a little run. Uh, you know, Luca made that running game winner the other night, which was just stupid. Hey, Luca. Right, so uh, you know, I would imagine, I would imagine they rise up a little bit. Uh, the Trailblazers without CJ McCollum have just not been great. Uh, they've been kind of mediocre. Uh, like I said, I think when LeBron and AD come back, I think the Lakers are a team that's going to get hot. Uh, but the other team in LA, the Clippers, the little brother, have been have been hotter than hell right now. Uh, and ever since they got Rajon Rondo, which I I saw it and I went, uh oh, you know, because we saw what he did last year. Uh, they're now seven and zero with him since acquiring him, and I believe it's seven and zero in the games that he's played. I should say that, but uh, this is a team that's flying under the radar because this team's not much different than it was last year when everybody anointed them champions from Jump Street. You know, uh, we we did obviously see what happened in the postseason. Could it happen again? I don't see it with the veteran presence of Rondo, but. Uh, it's still mostly the same guys. See, I do, because with Rondo, it comes not just one, two championship runs. Mind you, he went with the Celtics and the Lakers last year. Right. So he knows what it takes to be a playoff-winning team, and I think he corrects the Clippers' culture on a couple things right now. Maybe maybe a Western Conference final, depending if they run into the Lakers. That would be their first uh, in, uh, in franchise history. Franchise history. And they've been in the cellar of Staples Center for a long, long time. All of all credit to Rondo if they do. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is the team that, you know, was hot and cold throughout the year. Uh, wasn't very great come the trade deadline. Then they get Rondo, and now they're exploding. Let me ask you, are you a believer in the Suns? Real close to a one seed, closing games, 9-1 and one in their last 10, I believe. This team looks good. Do you like them? Uh, you know, again, come playoff time, I'm going to say Probably not, uh, because again, you got to remember, come second round, if things were to end today, when and even even when the Lakers get LeBron and AD back, I don't think they're catching the Clippers. Uh, if the Suns don't get the one seed, they have to play the Clippers in in the second round, or if they get the one seed, they're gonna have to play the Lakers in the second round. And I think so Lakers Clippers so. pick, pick your poison. You know, at that point, it's just a team that's so young. Uh, the, it, it's almost dumb how young they are. You know, it's just uh, their Watch average age, right? And then a thirty-seven-year-old Chris Paul, like he, <laughs> genius, by you know, any right? That's Hall that's he's he is an absolute pure genius, uh, and he's gotten this team to where they are. And full credit to them. Uh, finally, a lot of young core, a lot of bad, dra- you know, uh, uh, having to pick high because they've been awful, uh, and it kind of all comes together with Devin Booker being the superstar, and then Chris Paul being that veteran. Uh, who's just stepped in and played lights out. Uh, Utah's not a team I'm very high on either. Uh, they very much live and die by the three. They and also I, live and die by home games, I believe. Right. And uh, listen, you know, that's... that's Beneficial in playoffs. But if they get the home... You know, if they get the one seed, if they continue to play, be where they're at, uh, they, they'll be... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's 25-3 and three at home. So, they're, you that's know... That's what I'm saying. They, that team can't make a run. I know you're not a believer in them, but... Right, so they're what sixteen and eleven on, on the, the road? road. That's what scares you. So that's yeah. I mean, that's not great. Lose one at home. Now you're not that great on the road, and the slip, the slope gets slippery pretty quick on that hill. Right, but they are averaging 117 points a game. Uh, you know, they you 
They're seven and three in their last ten. Their differential's ten per game. They're winning game by double digits. That's part of a, a, an interesting thing when you get to the postseason. You can win all these games by double digits. We see it, and again, it's different in men's basketball, but with Gonzaga, they win by double digits all the time. And then you get to those postseason games where things start to get a little bit tighter. Things start to get a little bit tighter. You're, you're only winning games by two, by three. You're not used to those situations. You kind of got to grow on the fly there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, if they're on the road, I'm concerned about that. And uh, I just don't see Utah. I like. I think. I think we're destined for LA. LA. This is a good segue. A little punch in the mouth, like Gonzaga had in the national championship, into the East. Because last night Embiid punched the Nets in the mouth. Let's go hot or not, East West. Who do you like? Or let's go. Let's stick with the East. I'm sorry. Who do you like in the East? Who's slipping? Who's rising? All that good stuff. Yeah, the 76ers are hot. Uh, they got Joel Embiid back. They're 21, 21 and five at home. Uh, they, they're averaging, you know, 114 points a game. You know, it's just, they, they're, they're a good basketball team and it's, they're, they're playing through Joel Embiid, who in all likelihood is probably going to win MVP, uh, despite missing as many games as he has. I don't think it's going to be Jokic, especially if they continue to slide here down the stretch, you likely have to be a top four team to, to have an MVP. Um, so, but I, I, I think Joel has just been really good this year. But again, I think Brooklyn doesn't really care because number one, half these guys are just not caring until the postseason, and then two, come postseason time, let Embiid get fifty, like let him get fifty every game. As long as the other guys aren't cooking, you're you're in great shape. Brooklyn's a team that uh, you know they're seven and three in their last ten. Just kind of feels very seesawy with them. Obviously, with everybody playing, playing, not playing, commitment issue right now. Right, but again, they're all just they're all just waiting for the postseason. Yep. Um, you know, but we've never seen a big three not play together throughout the regular season, uh, and just throw themselves into the postseason. Uh, the Bucks have been very average. The Hawks are playing. The the Hawks are playing playing really well. Uh, that's where Rondo originally came from. Thought he would have kind of that Chris Paul impact. Uh, on the Hawks, it didn't really work out that way. Uh, your Celtics are are starting to win some games here, Joel. On it's it's not our year. I'm gonna throw that out there right now. <laughs> it's not your year, and you're the five seed above Moltner's Knicks, uh, who I they've won four straight. Uh, so that's that's been good. Do you think the Knicks have to are gonna be forced to be in the play in? Do you think they slip enough games to? It's very it's very close. I mean, Miami's right on their tail, half game back. Charlotte's a game back from them. Indiana's two games back. So it's a very congested East. But you got to remember, the Knicks are a half game. They're a game and a half away from being the four seed. So, like, this, it's just, I, I would have to look at their schedule and uh, see what they got coming down the stretch. I could see the Knicks just sub- cementing themselves in that six seed. I, I could see it. And get the Knicks back to the playoffs. History could tell us they can miss the playoffs entirely. Now, they'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll have to play Giannis, which is a nightmare. Um, and we kind of talked about this off air with Moltner a couple weeks ago. If the Knicks get to that five or four seed, a lot of people think they can win that first round series just, you know, the way they've been playing. But if they got to play one of the three big dogs at the top, it's going to be hard. Sayonara. So I, you know, honestly, I think the Sixers are looking up, but again, the Nets are looking to the postseason. They're looking forward. Anybody sneaking to the playoffs at eight seed? Anybody? Well. Uh, so Zach Levine just had to go on the health and safety protocol list. Uh, Chicago would have been my dark horse. 
uh, really. But, I mean, you know, Tor- no, not even Toronto. Toronto's a long way back. Indiana's really the only the only sleeper that I think can jump in there uh, and make some noise, rattle some cages. Which is good because after the All Depot trade, it's good to see them. Kind of yeah, I mean, they got Karis LeVert. Yep. You know, they still got everybody on that team except for Oladipo. Replace him with Karis LeVert. Uh, he's he's not what Oladipo was at his peak, but uh, again, LeVert was hurt for a while too. You know, so it's it's one of those things. He's trying to find his own. And so is that team, but they got Sabonis is uh is up there. Was he? Was he an all-star this year or last year? Sabonis is both. Yeah, so he was back-to-back all-stars. Yep. You know, he plays really well, plays hard. Uh, they they got a good team up there. So the benefit of being a big guy, too. He plays the four, could play the five, so yep. it's easier to get selected. And he could shoot it. Yep. You know, so that's there. there's your key right there. So Indiana's probably the, the sneaky team. Look for Miami just in case, you know, they start to figure out anything of the, what they did last year. Uh, that they, they, no can, they can get hot, you know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no sniffing dogs in the arena anymore. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, there's not much in the East. Sniffing dog jokes in sports is not cool because that one minor league got caught with all that weight before. Well, that's great. Probably pounds. shouldn't have brought that weight with him. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that guy was a drug mule for the Cubs, but I don't think the story's right yet. That's a crazy story. It sounds like pounds. he's a drug mule for the cartel. Yeah. Hey, that, that, that is what that sounds like. But let's move on to baseball. Joel on there getting... Uh, underway, we saw two no-hitters in the past week. Joe Musgrove of the Padres uh, with the first one, the first Padres no-hitter in their entire history, which I believe spanned 8,204 games prior to hit Musgrove's no-hitter. Let me just cut you off. The Padres have been the franchise to be a fan of for the past year and a half. They had an electric season last year, and now they threw their first no-hitter. Like, if you're a young fan of this Padres team, you're probably fully invested on what they're about to do. Yeah, I mean, listen, you got to be excited because otherwise you're just going to watch the Dodgers win and win and win and win and and win some more. You know, so you kind of got to find something in that division to be positive about. And they've made the most moves, although it looked like the other night they pulled Blake Snell early. Uh, and we, we all know he's accustomed to that when he played with Tampa and he got pulled in the World Series. Uh, so they still got some things to figure out. Again, it's it's a lot of talent that's got to come together in a very sh- you know uh, short time. You know, I say a year is a short time, but in sports we know things can go awry pretty quickly. Uh, so I, I, the Padres got to find it out. The other no hitter was uh, Chicago White Sox Carlos Rodon, uh, no hit the Cleveland Indians the other night, and uh, that they, again just another spectacular performance. Uh, he came he came off to his interview and he was just like I don't even know what just happened. Uh, it's one of those things you get so locked in, you have no idea. I need to make an apology on this podcast. Oh, boy. It's to all the Boston Red Sox fans ever since I said they were garbage and not worth anything. I'm pretty sure they've won every single game. Um, one of their dudes has seven home runs in seven games. It's is that, been, is uh, that JD? Yeah, I think. No, is it? I don't know. I'm just asking. That's yeah. probably the only dude I know on the Red Sox. I forgot Sox. who it was, but no. So One of their younger players, seven home runs, seven games. Pretty sure they're 9-0 and in the last nine. Um, yeah, yeah, my words. They're one of the better teams in the MLB this year, it looks like. Right now. Right, right now. now. Again, it's, it's, early. it's very, very early. early. We're we're twelve games into a hundred and sixty two game regular season. So we're not even we're not even ten percent of the way through. They have already um, outperformed what I thought this team would be. That's fair. Which was nine <laughs> games all season. I was just gonna say, <laughs> what did you think they were gonna win nine games? Yes. But uh sure enough, here we are. Uh no, listen, I mean, you know, if you're a betting guy, you know, you should listen to Joel on and I do the opposite. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you, then you make a lot of money. Uh, then you'd split Unless it with us. Quarterbacks. I'm not a fan of Zach Wilson. You shouldn't be a fan of Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> then you make a lot of. So everybody knows. Go bet on Zach Wilson to be a Hall of Famer now. <laughs> uh, and make a lot of money and then share it. Uh, so you know that's just one of those things. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, the baseball world, Mets continue. They're they're five and three. Uh, they're playing well. They're getting a lot of games postponed due to weather and COVID, and now they got to travel to Denver where it's supposed to snow. The high is gonna be eighteen. It's just it's just a mess, and uh, they've blown two Degrom starts already. He doesn't have a win miraculously. Uh, I had friends at his at, at his one run eight inning fourteen K performance last weekend. Dude's just stupid good. Best like, pitcher in the baseball. Not oh, close. it's not even close. Yeah, it's not. It's really not All close. Team already locked up. I like legit have people come up. Uh, well, you know, I think Cole's pretty good. No, no, I'm sorry. Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher in baseball. And it's just stupid good how how good he is, and it's stupid bad how bad the Mets offense is when he pitches. See, this is why it's it's a little uh, get to give situation with the Mets. So when the Grom's up on the mound, they're throw, usually the other teams usually throwing their ace at us too. And the problem is we can't hit as good as other teams can, <laughs> even if it's one home run. <laughs> It's just it's a scenario for failure every time. But at the same token, it is early. It's super early. It's only two games. And by the end of it, the Grom can have, I could see, 15 wins. What do you think? Oh, not with this Mets team. No? <laughs> no. Uh, no, th- listen, this has been happening long, long before this year. That's true. Uh, to Jacob DeGrom. This has been going on for a little, bit of, a little while. Uh, he's paid. Who he's, cares? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he's not going to be I, – I don't know. you you got to find a way to muster up some runs here. Uh, you you really do. I, I just I, – I don't know how you continue to look this bad when you have your ace on the mound. Usually everybody's fired up when the ace is on the mound, and the Mets just seem as depleted as I am after a 10-hour shift at Amazon. Like, they just seem dead. Lacks the and, thinking the ground's going to do everything. Right, and – and sometimes he does. Sometimes yes. he wins the game one nothing by himself. Yep. Uh, and I think he has to start doing more of that now. So I'm going to put that un- unfair expectation on him to win every game one nothing here on out for the rest of the season. Well, and he has to hit the home run. I think Dom Smith needs to see more time for that team. I feel like he's been batting good, been fielding okay. I think Dom Smith... He's going to see a lot more time. Problem is, Dom Smith's not great in the field, well, which no, is which okay. is an issue. He's okay, and yeah, no DH, right. you know, thing. But. Yeah, so you know, but that's the problem. You know, it's just not. You know, he's got to be. He's got to be. He's got to be good to great mm-hmm. in the field for him to play a lot more than he already is. But the fact that he's okay, it just it just doesn't fly. His bat's there though, right? But again, we see we see the team cross town with a guy like Gary Sanchez. Look what they've done with Gary Sanchez over the last like three four years. Dude's been horrendous defensively, but he swings the bat and they play him. So, it, but yet everybody screams and cries every time he makes an error. <laughs> it's like, what did you expect? So it's it's just one of those things. And Luis Rojas, I'm not, I'm still not sold on him uh, as a manager. And uh, I think I think Beltran got the raw end of the deal. It's early. And uh, but again, we'll see. Wait, why did Beltran get the boot? I'm uh, with the whole Astros thing. Oh yeah, he's part of that. Ah, cheater, kicking on the curb. I mean, come on now. Listen, he's he's not playing. He's going to manage. He's not. I don't know. That there was just a dumb little. He, Guilty he, by association. Well, congrats. Then we're all screwed. Then we're all getting arrested. <laughs> yeah, because we all know John Boy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or we all know somebody that's done something illegally, guilty by association. Uh, there we go. It, it's just, I don't know. Not me, FBI. Not me, not once. Yes, Jolan, look him up. <laughs> look him up. You can find his address. I'll give it to you right now. No, I'm kidding. Um, but no, I... You know, some <laughs> maniac from Taiwan. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Taiwan, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no, please don't come after Joe on. But, uh, no, listen, baseball is just getting started. We've got to see how it continues to go. Uh, you know, it, it'll be it'll be a fun season. Uh, and to keep it keep it kind of rolling here, uh, we with the NCAA announced they're going to eliminate the transfer sit out rule, uh, which is which is huge. The NCAA you know, did something positive. Yeah, it's news. Yeah, it is. It, <laughs> it is breaking news. Actually, it's sad. Um, but uh, yeah, so they they finally these guys don't have to sit out a year uh, after transferring teams because listen, that was never fair to begin with. Uh, their coaches can leave anytime they want. Uh, and they and they have they have legitimate contracts. The players have NILs, National Letter of Intent, or NLI, National Letter of Intent. These coaches have contracts uh, that they just get out of, wiggle their way out of, leave and go coach the next year. Why were the players treated the same way? I don't really know. Why weren't they? Yeah. Uh, you're right. Why weren't they treated the same way? I don't know. It's just the NCAA is just so messed up. It, I, I want to keep a PG here. It's just so messed up. Most notably, that one-year rule hindered a lot of development for some players. You see a guy like Jalen Hurts who had to sit out a year or a couple games or a couple months, rather, from Bama to Oklahoma and basically got backed up. He could have been out of Bama early. Right. Not have to sit at Bama. Leave. Go on. Do something. Go to another school. But right. because of the rules, he did stick out the year. Did have to do it properly. It's kind of messed up. I believe there was a story too of a lo- a, a guy that d- doesn't get much love. I believe it was an offensive lineman uh, tried to transfer back home because one of his relatives was sick and was denied immediate eligibility. And it's just again, it's just one of those things. Make it make sense, you know. It, we call it, people that, scum on this podcast because the NCAA kind of scum. Yeah, I mean, listen, just make things make sense. Like if it makes sense, do it. Like, if it doesn't, don't. Not everything's black and white rules. Not right. everything's by the book. Some things are gray area. Right. Some things you're going to have to bend the rules for. And some people you're going to have to bend the rules for, even if it's on an individual case. You're the responsible adults to oversee everything. Right. So now they get a one-time transfer, and uh, and the players get a win here. Uh, and I think they're going to get a win here in a few more months when we start talking about name, image, and likeliness. Uh, I think they're going to start winning in that Possible field too. NCAA game, Whoa. yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, plus, we got all the schools deciding whether they want to vaccinate kids and all that good stuff. And uh, we're getting to spring games, Joel. On I, I do believe Alabama is playing their spring game this weekend. Uh, just I, I can't believe we're here already. We got spring football. If football is coming back, you know, yeah, in, in a big way. <laughs> no, well, listen, they. Listen, if they want to, it's right there. It's probably in the locker room. They probably have their freezers sure, cold enough. Yeah, top-notch program like Bama. You better believe it. If they want it, they got it. They probably have the freezers to hold the vaccine. Like it's They probably have the temperatures cold enough. what coaches make their players take it and what coaches don't and how that affects their schedules and games. Well, you got to remember, part of it, too, is going to be institutional. You know, if the, insti- saying, if the like, institution says you have to get it, these kids don't have a choice. Yeah, they're privatized. You know, and, and yeah. it's one of those. St- yeah, but, I mean, you look at a school like Bama as a public institution. True. But people want to come to it. You know, so it's why it's one of those things like if Yale says you have to get the vaccine, they're a private they're school. Private, yeah. People are drooling to come to Yale. They're so gonna they're going to do it. Yep. But, you know, like a school like Rutgers, you know, Rutgers is a good place. Good, good people there. But Great it's program. not it's not necessarily like people are not dying to go to Rutgers. So they might just say, Well, 
heck, I'm just going to stay home, go to community college, go to TCNJ, you know, go to any of these other schools that maybe don't require it, you know, and, and I can't imagine in Florida, you know, the, the areas we talked the most about, I can't imagine they would ever require it. That's uh, just, just the way they've acted so far throughout this whole thing. So, uh, you know, and the, the, the governor of Texas is talking about magic mushrooms, uh, they're they're allowing that use oh, down boy. there, so that you know what that that's what we're talking about. But we'll see again how that affects. You know, what if a guy gets, you know, um, gets symptoms off of off of one of the vaccines? You know, what if he has a reaction? There, there, there's the word I was probably looking for. Uh, you know, how does that affect him going into game week? Can they get it during game? You know, like it's there's we all had these, these answers, variables. Brothers, we would be NCAA guys. No, we wouldn't because they don't even make sense. We would actually <laughs> find a way to make it make sense. But uh, no, it's going to be interesting, Jolan. Again, a lot of great things coming up. We'll talk a lot of draft next week. Uh, again, with or without a guest, we're going to go full mock draft one through thirty-two. Uh, two trades are going to be allowed. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that's going to do it for episode forty-five Any here. Key things we missed. Any key things? Oh, yeah. Buffalo's getting fans. Fully vaccinated. Bill's Mafia is back. Great. Great. We don't, we don't have to see them till August. So they got Doesn't four matter. more months. Get your vaccines in if you want to attend the Bill's game. But that makes that makes sense. I think Cuomo announced that a while ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, because they did that with full the Full capacity? Med- they d- oh, they're getting full, capa- full capacity. Well, vaccinated. as long as you're fully vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But Bill's do they- are back. Do they have enough people up there that are fully vaccinated? Their parking lots don't require vaccinations. <laughs> well, that's great, but to get into the stadium, you need it. I just want to see Bill's Mafia back in full saddle. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think we're going to see a lot of places back to full capacity this this coming fall. I need some normal. Um, and I think that's that's just going to be the way. And, uh, again, I don't fault anybody if they, if they require you to get the vaccine and they want to keep people safe. So uh, continue to do your thing and, and find a way. But... Uh, Joe Line, that's going to do it. If you want to reach me on Twitter, at Gosker56. On Instagram, it's at Goose on the Mic. Joe Line, how might the people be able to reach you and or the podcast? You can reach me on Instagram and Twitter at Good Old Joel's. You can reach our podcast on Instagram at airitout.podcast and on Twitter at podcast airitout. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us at those. Yeah, again, happy one year, brother. And uh, we're going to keep this thing rolling, keep the train rolling. Episode 46 coming at you next week. Full mock draft for the 2021 NFL Draft. So, Joel, on until next week and until the mock draft. Shout out Cleveland, Ohio. Put it in the books.